We praise you that we can come together as a group of your people. We praise you that we can sing. We praise you that we can have your word open in front of us. Please teach us now, we pray. In Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. We're going to read the very last chunk of Ruth chapter 4, verses 13 to 22. We've been going through Ruth uh, for the last few weeks, and uh, this is the end of the book. Although, I should warn you that next week, I am planning to have another week in Ruth. I apologise, I keep promising that we'll stop, but I keep finding new exciting things to discover. And next Sunday I've got something else we're going to do in Ruth. So we'll have another week in Ruth next week. But we're going to finish the book this week, alright? Ruth chapter 4 verse 13, let me read this wonderful last section. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. When he made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. The women said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you, and who is better to you than seven sons, has given him birth. Then Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him. The women living there said, Naomi has a son, and they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. This then is the family line of Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Aminadab, Aminadab the father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz, Boaz the father of Obed, Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David. Now, shall I change microphones? Would, you, would that be better? I can try that. Yeah, I, feel like I, you, I feel like you can probably hear me anyway. But That's fine. Great. Okay, we're coming to the end of this book. And uh, what I want you to see... Hang on, I'll do this first, and then I'll call. What I want you to see in Ruth chapter 4, at the end of the book, when you... When you home in on Bethlehem, I want you to hear something. Can you hear what's happening in Bethlehem? You need to get yourself into this story, okay? But I, I know we're chucking ourselves in, but come on, let's, let's really put ourselves there. What can you hear in Bethlehem? What is happening in Bethlehem? I think if you listen hard enough to Ruth chapter 4, you can hear the sound of singing. I think if you listen hard enough, you can hear the sound of praise. There is praise going on in Bethlehem. There is praise happening on the streets. Look at verse 14. The women said to Naomi, praise be to the Lord. Can you see in Bethlehem, praise. They're singing. There's an anthem being rung out on the streets. Now just remember where the book of Ruth started. Remember the book of Ruth started with a famine in Bethlehem where there was no praise. There was sorrow. There was mourning. There was death. There was suffering. Do you see what a transformation's happened? From mourning and sorrow and suffering to praise and singing. And so here is my big question this afternoon. This is what I want us to think about. This is what I want you to ask yourselves. 
What is the anthem of your heart? What is it that your heart sings about? What is it that your heart is thrilled by? What is the anthem that is being sung in the streets of your heart? I wonder if someone could listen in on your life. If someone could look and observe the way you live, the things you do, the way you spend your time, the things you talk about, the places you go. What would they conclude your life is all about? On the streets of Bethlehem they're singing. Praise, praise be to the Lord. And I want to allow us this afternoon, I want us to allow on, on those streets of Bethlehem, the dark streets of Bethlehem, where a light is shineth. I want us to allow that song to invade our hearts. I want us to allow the praise of Bethlehem to invade our hearts this afternoon and to become the anthem of our lives. And this, this has hit me this week as I've read Ruth chapter 4. I think I got to this bit and it was like the, I thought it was kind of the tidying up at the end of the story. You know, we've had the story, we've had the great romance, we've had Ruth, we've had Boaz, and they've, you know, they've kind of got together in this amazing way. Oh no, there was this other bloke, what would you do about the other bloke? And they dealt with the other bloke, didn't kill him, if you weren't here, it doesn't matter, it wasn't that bad, just took his sandal. And um, they, they, they uh, if you weren't here, you have to go back and read it, that was, that was last week, listen to the sermon. And, and I thought this was kind of, oh, this is just a happy, happy ever ending. Actually, what I've, what I've seen this week is that this is what the whole book's about. This bit here is what the whole book is about. And here is, I've only got two points this afternoon. I'm not even going to put them up on the screen. It's so simple. It's so simple. My first point is this. It's all about the child. It's all about the child. That's what it's all about. The whole book of Ruth shock horror the whole book of Ruth we've been enjoying the romance and the story and da 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 actually you discover the whole thing is about the child and the people are singing because of the child who's been born praise be to the Lord because a child's been born that's my first big point it's all about the child so have a look at verse 13 with me so Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife they're married. Yay! When he made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. Do you see how quickly the story gets to the son? The birth of a baby? What about the wedding? Where's the wedding? We want a big wedding thing. What was the dress? What about the honeymoon? We didn't get any of that stuff. It's they get married, they make love, a child is born. It's all about the child. Everything is about the child. That's why they're singing on the streets of Bethlehem. <laughs> Do you notice? You've got to notice carefully. When we read the Bible, you've got to not skim through it. You've got to notice the details. We're very explicitly told in verse 13, there is something about this child. Look at verse 13 again. When he made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive. The child that is born is a miraculous child, born through the work, the powerful work of the Holy Spirit. 
Now, has Ruth been married before? Yes. How long was she married to her first husband? Ten years. His name was Marlon. That was back in Moab when, the, when Naomi had taken her, her husband and her two sons. They'd gone off to Moab. And Ruth, from Moab, had married Marlon. For ten years they were married. How many children did they have? None. There were no kids. And yet now, Ruth marries Boaz. And immediately God gives his child. This is a miracle child, right? This is no, oh, they got a little baby, that's nice. This is, the Lord has done this. Now, I want to tell you this, this is so important. When you discover a baby who is miraculously conceived by God, you know you're dealing with someone special. You're supposed to take notice of that child. It's a way of the, kind of the New Testament kind of going, no, not New Testament, the Bible going, wow, 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 look, 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 baby, notice this one. Something special here. It's all about this child that's born. And that is why they're singing on the streets. Now, the thing I love about this book of Ruth is that it's like the Bible within the Bible. You know those uh, funny Russian dolls? You know the Russian dolls? The kind of dolls in the dolls? I was never very into them. <laughs> I want to get that out there. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't like, this is, this is my favourite toy or anything. I'm not even sure I ever even had one. But, but the, the point of the Russian dolls is that all the dolls are kind of like mini versions of the next one. Yeah? And you get these mini versions of the big one. And what you discover as you read the book of Ruth is that the book of Ruth is a mini version of the whole Bible. You discover over and over again in the Bible that the same story keeps repeating itself because God is making a point. Over and over again, he's making a point. And it's all about the child. You want me to sum up the whole book? Of that? The whole Bible, you could sum up like this. It's all about the child. That's what it's about. Look, let's do this, okay? Uh, if, if you're feeling sleepy, then it may help you to turn. If you're feeling wide awake, then uh, you can just listen. Uh, but turn to Genesis chapter 4. We're going to do a quick whip through a whole load of verses, okay? I was going to put them on screen for you, but I figured that you would have perfectly suitable fingers to turn the page yourself. So, uh, Genesis chapter 4 on page 7. Now, you may think I'm laboring this, and I am, because it's so, it's really, really big in the Bible, all right? In Genesis chapter 4, the very first baby is born. The first baby's name was Cain. Do you know what he grew up to be? First baby ever? How exciting. The first human baby. Oh, oh, this is exciting. What's he going to be? Cain, what do you want to be when you grow up? Cain grows up to be a murderer. The first human baby ever was a murderer. Shocking, isn't it? This is staggering. Kills his brother. Cain kills Abel. It's like a picture of how sick and twisted and distorted our world has become. But look at the end of Genesis chapter 4. Look. Genesis chapter 4, verse 25. Adam made love to his wife again, 
And she gave birth to a son and named him Seth, saying, God has granted me another child in the face of Abel since Cain killed him. A son, a child is born. You see it? Okay, uh, come forward to um, Genesis uh, 21. Genesis 21. This is on page 21. (laughs) Glory. (laughs) Genesis 21. You might be nervous. You might be thinking, oh man, I can think of loads. He's going to do loads of these. You're right, I am. I'm going to do loads of them. I want to show you this. I want want you to see it. Genesis 21, page 21. Right? You've got to get it. Abraham was a very old man. Sarah was a very old lady. They were well, well past the age of being able to have kids. Yet God had promised they'd have a kid, but they've got no kid. They tried all sorts of other things, but it wasn't working. Chapter 21. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he was told, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. A son is born. The son of a promise. A child is born. Miraculously born. Okay, let's 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 jump forward a bit. Uh, let's go to uh, let's go to Judges, uh, which is just before Ruth, and let's go to Judges uh, four thirteen. Judges thirteen. Stick with it. Judges thirteen starts like this. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes. Sorry, if you're still turning. This is page 256. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Page 256. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Mess. Rubbish. Just like Cain killing his brother. Again and again. This is the cycle we see all the time in the Bible. The world's screwed up. Everything's messed up. Things are broken. Things don't work. There's evil in the world. So the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. A certain man of Zorah, named Manoah, from the clan of the Danites, had a wife who was childless, unable to give birth. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, You are barren and childless, but you are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, In verse 24, the woman gave birth to a boy and named him Samson. Do you see it? Again and again. It's all about the child. Okay, we won't do Samuel. It's going to do Samuel, but same thing again. I want, I want you to go down to Isaiah 7. Okay, let's keep going. Isaiah 7. Isaiah was writing to Israel at a time when everything was a mess. Surprise, surprise. You know, there was like massive danger. They were in great trouble. Isaiah um, chapter 7 and look down at verse 14. Isaiah 7, this is page 692. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Ah, now, do you see it's ramped up one stage further? We're not now just talking about someone who's childless and unable naturally to be able to have children. We're talking about a girl who's a virgin. He's going to have a child. One page over. One page over. Isaiah chapter 9, which I guarantee you will know. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. 
come on, we know this, right? On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Uh, jump down to um, uh, verse 6. This is Christmas. Every year we hear this. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And he will be called Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace, all that stuff. Do you see that this is the son? It's all about the child. Over and over and over again, the child is all about the child. Of course you know where where this lands. When you get to Matthew's Gospel, last place, here is the last miraculous baby. In the the Bible. Matthew chapter 1. It's on page 965. Matthew chapter 1. This is the last miraculous baby because this is the child that all the other childs were pointing to. Verse 15. uh, Sorry, verse 21. Matthew 1 verse 21. She will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. You see, it's all about child. The whole storyline of the Bible is about the child. Seth, Isaac, Samson, Samuel. Again and again and again, you get these miraculous children until finally a baby is born. Where? On the dark streets of Bethlehem. And once again, the praises ring out on the streets of Bethlehem because a child's been born. Hosanna, glory to God in the highest. A child's been born. The child's here. And I want you to see that the anthem of praise that runs right through the Bible is about this child. And I want us to ask, when I look at the anthem of my heart, when I look at the praises in my heart, is my praise in line with the Bible? Do I sing the song of praise of this child who's been born? You know, we are constantly fed the lie that the anthem of your heart should be you. You should be the anthem of your heart. It's all about you. It's all about your dreams and your ambitions. Sing the anthem. Declare how great you are. Glory to me in the highest. But the Bible says, no, no, it's all about the child. It's all about the child. I wonder if you've seen it. And perhaps some of you know it. Some of you know. Most of you probably already know how important Jesus is. I'm not interested in whether you think he's important. I'm interested in whether he's the anthem of your heart. I'm interested in whether he fills your, your praises. Does he make your heart sing? I went for a walk up a mountain once. <laughs> and it wasn't even a very big mountain. But I did walk up it. And I'm... Um, I kind of knew at the bottom of the mountain that the, uh, the view was going to be good. But I wasn't that excited. I knew it was going to be good. 
And we walked up the mountain, we trudged up in the very English way, I'm not talking to anyone. There's loads of people, it's a beautiful day, we didn't talk to anyone, we just like trudged up like this. I got to the top and I opened my eyes. I hadn't got my eyes closed all the way. <laughs> that was really weird. I and mean, that would have been quite a feat. That would be good. Anyway, I got to the top and I, I looked. I, I, and it was, I mean, it was breathtaking. Uh, it, utterly breathtaking. And all I wanted to do was talk to everyone around me. It was, very, uh, it was a very un-English reaction. There was a bloke had a little kid in a rucksack that he climbed up with, and this little kid had been like, all the way up the mountain. I was like, this is amazing, this is so amazing. I wanted to phone people. I wanted to tell them how great it was. That is praise. That is worship. At the bottom of the mountain, I knew it was true. At the top of the mountain, I felt it was true. At the top of the mountain, I wanted to sing it. I wanted to talk. I wanted to say something. And I think we should be praying that we would go from being people who simply know that Jesus is amazing to who sing and praise and worship and speak out the fact that Jesus is amazing. Those women on the streets of Bethlehem, when they saw this miraculous baby, they could not keep their mouths shut. Praise be to the Lord! We should be praying that for one another. Praying that Jesus so grips our hearts that we cannot help but speak and share him with others. It's all about the Son. I've got one more point. And my second point is this. This anthem of praise, which is all about the child, the reason it's all about the child is because it's all about redemption. (coughs) It's all about redemption. This book of Ruth is not just a lovely love story. It's a redemption story. And what we've seen, this this wonderful kind of phrase about this child that's been born, is because it's all about redemption. And here's my question. Who is the book of Ruth really about? Who is it in the book of Ruth whose redemption is really the big story? Have a look at verse 17 and you'll see who it is. The women living there said, Naomi has a son. We're back in Ruth chapter 4, verse 17. Naomi has a son. Now just, right, I want you to imagine that on the day, it's, it's my eldest son's birthday today. Okay, so 12 years ago, we had our firstborn son. <laughs> he hasn't, he's, he's terrific, love him to bits. I don't think he's quite in this league of the miracle child but he's <laughs> love and lost and um, imagine on that day if um, it's slightly embarrassing that my mum said but it's lovely to have you here uh, imagine on that day if my mum had swept in picked up the child and said oh, I've had a son that'd be weird wouldn't it I mean that would have been a really awkward moment would have been like no no it's lovely. I'm glad you're excited. <laughs> Give him back. He's not yours. <laughs> and yet Ruth just disappears out of the picture. Naomi has a son. Naomi cares for the son. Naomi raises Why? Because this story, this story here, is about the redemption of Naomi. We've seen and we've watched Ruth be redeemed, and it's been beautiful. But I want to argue that the redemption of Naomi is even more spectacular than the redemption of Ruth. 
And the reason I say that is because with Ruth, Ruth is redeemed from being a foreigner to becoming one of God's people. Naomi is redeemed from being a sinner, from being someone in rebellion against God to being someone who's in relationship with God and blessed again. And I just want us, in our, in our last little bit, I just want us to chew on this theme of redemption. What does it mean to be redeemed? Do you even know, what does redemption mean? Redemption starts over here. Redemption starts in a bad place, a bad situation. Where Naomi and Elimelech had left Bethlehem and they'd run away from God and God's provision. They trusted themselves, they looked for hope in Moab and they went to Moab and in Moab they only found death and suffering. Naomi had turned her back on the living God and she'd gone to Moab. And there she felt suffering. Do you know, do you know her language? Remember what she called herself as she came back? Don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. My life has become bitter. She experienced the bitterness of sin, the bitterness of being away from God. And she experienced that suffering and that pain in Moab. But now look, right? She's been taken from that place... And she's been brought to this place. And so look at verse 14. The women said to Naomi, this is key, praise be to the Lord who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. Who's the guardian redeemer for Naomi? Who's her redeemer? Mm, Not sure. Let's read on. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. Wow, what a hero. Who is he? For your daughter-in-law who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons has given him birth. Okay, now it's clear. It is the baby. Naomi's redeemer is the baby. And redemption is this transfer from the bitterness of sin to the blessing of relationship with God. Redemption is going from there to here. Now we get a lot of talk in our culture about redeeming yourself. Yeah, people say that, don't they? I've got to redeem myself. You know, so um, you know, some footballer does a rubbish thing. Yeah, it's going to happen this week, probably on Thursday. You know, a footballer's going to make a mistake, terrible mistake, something's going to go wrong, and then it's like, oh, I've got to redeem myself. I've got to redeem myself. Let me tell you something. I want you to hear this as clearly as as you can. The Bible says it is impossible to redeem yourself. It cannot be done. When Naomi was in that place of bitterness and suffering, that place of bitterness because of sin, she could not redeem herself. She could not fix it. She did not have the power herself to put things right, to save herself. She needed a redeemer. She needed someone who would be her redeemer. And that someone is the baby. How? 
I mean, we've seen Ruth be redeemed by Boaz. You know, Ruth the Moabite becomes one of God's people by Boaz. But what's the baby going to do? I mean, seriously? I'll tell you what the baby's going to do. The baby is going to redeem Naomi in a more spectacular way than Boaz redeemed Ruth. The baby is going to redeem Naomi from all of her sin, from all of her bitterness, from all of her suffering, and is going to bring her to the place of blessing and freedom. How can a baby do that? I tell you how this baby is going to redeem her. Stay awake for this. This baby is going to have a son. And that son is going to have a son. And that son is going to have a son. And that son is going to have a son. And over and over until eventually you get to the child. Do you remember what we read? You will call him Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. Through this baby, total redemption is going to come. Total saving from sin to blessing. The bitterness of sin to the blessing of relationship with God is going to happen through this baby. That's why they call him the Redeemer. They don't know that yet. They don't understand all that yet. Don't you think that these women are sitting up in heaven going, oh wow, if only we'd seen it then. They can see it now. The glory of God's plan. (laughs) That Naomi is able to read redeemed and that's why they sing that's why this finishes with the genealogy Perez, Hezron Hezron is all around, around, who cares, who cares who cares, I care I care because of where this baby's going because this is the baby who will bring redemption and Boaz redeemed Ruth temporarily I want you to see that Jesus redeems us completely You see, when Jesus grew up, he went to a cross. And as Jesus hung on a cross, as he died, as the nails were driven through his hands, as his back was beaten with the whips of the Roman soldiers, as the blood poured from the thorns that were pressed into his brow, that is what he was paying to redeem us. Because in that moment, he took the bitterness of sin. Do you know what they gave him to drink? They gave him gall, a bitter drink. Jesus tasted the bitterness of sin at the cross. He faced that bitterness. (laughs) Jesus, who had only ever known the blessing of relationship. Jesus, who had only ever been in perfect relationship with his Father. At the cross, he switched places with me. At the cross, he took the bitterness of my sin. and, And he drank it. He felt it. He experienced it for himself. It ripped him apart in order that I might be redeemed from the bitterness. And brought to the blessing of relationship. Can you not see this? The beauty of what Jesus has done as he redeems. You know, if we, if we understand redemption, that becomes the anthem of our lives. It's all about the child because it's all about redemption. That is what we need. And you know, my guess is, as I pondered this this week, my guess is that one of the reasons we struggle to really rejoice in our redemption is because we haven't really experienced the bitterness of our sin for many of us it doesn't taste that bitter yet we're quite enjoying it it tastes quite sweet 
There is a time that we sin and we quite enjoy it. It feels quite good. There's stuff about sin which is really, really nice, really tasty. It feels really good. But the Bible warns again and again, it, there's bitterness. There's bitterness. And in some ways we need to ask God that he'd help us to see the bitterness of our sin. That we might taste the sweetness of redemption. The first baby was a murderer. A baby was born to be the redeemer. You know, you can trace the line of Jesus, not just back to Obed, but all the way back to Seth. The baby born to be a redeemer. And this afternoon, here is my question again. What is the anthem of our heart? Do our hearts sing about this child because we know that this redemption is what we need? And for, for Naomi, that meant a future, a hope. Look at verse 15. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. You've got a hope now, Naomi. You've got a future. The bitterness of sin leads only to death and no future. The blessing of relationship leads to a great future, a hope, a restoration, a renewing, a life. And our Redeemer, Jesus, has bought for us with his blood a hope and a future. And it was beautiful, wasn't it, just to hear that C.S. Lewis quote. I mean, what a fitting thing to hear. Do you think that's what our Redeemer bought for us? That's what he's offering. That's what he paid. That's what he paid for. Naomi was redeemed. And as we trust in Jesus, as we find refuge in Jesus, that's what he redeems us for. That is better than anything this world has to offer. It's better than any other anthem we could sing. So let's pray together now and worship him and, and praise him for what he's done. And then we're going to spend some time singing and enjoying this together. Heavenly Father, we we praise you for this stunning word that you've given us. We praise you for this this book of Ruth, this book of redemption, this book about the child. And Father, we pray that the focus and the anthem and the delight of our lives would be fixated upon this child who was born. The child born in the streets of Bethlehem. The child born to bring redemption. Born to save us from our sins. Father, we ask that we would not be so stupid as to live our lives in the bitterness of sin, which only brings death and suffering but that we would be redeemed from that by Jesus in order that we might know the blessing of relationship with you, which brings a hope and a future and a life forever. Father, thank you for this wonderful gospel that you've given us. Help us to delight in it, to sing it, to speak it out on these dark streets of London. And we ask you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What are we going to sing together? Um,